Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Believe in Northwestern Football podcast. A new podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals. Do you believe? I am Peter Warren, and I am joined by my co-host, former All-Big Ten receiver Jeremy Ebert. Jeremy, how are you doing today? Peter, I'm great. I'm excited to be here, man. This is going to be a fun time. Looking forward to it. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a lot of fun. For those of you uh, who don't know about either me or Jeremy, we're just going to do uh, a little brief introduction to ourselves, where we come from, and you know where our thoughts and perspective on Northwestern will come from. Uh, Jeremy, would you like to start? Absolutely. So, um, as you know, I, p- I played football at Northwestern uh, in the few years back and uh, had a couple of tea in the NFL. But um, I kind of come from that player's perspective, you know, going to use my knowledge and kind of experience from being in that actual locker room and um, use that perspective um, to give a different look and maybe angle on matters that are, are, are brought to the, the attention in the media these days. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really exciting to hear all your perspectives. I mean, you were a little no, – I'm going to hype you up a little bit. You know, Jeremy is one of the, the best receivers in Northwestern history. Like I said, he was all Big Ten receiver. He did get to play in the NFL, which is awesome. He's going to be able to really provide a lot of great insight, insight for us, which is going to be awesome. Uh, for a little bit about me, I'm a current junior at Northwestern University. I'm studying journalism. I write for the Daily Northwestern, the student newspaper here, where I'm, I am covering football. I'm on the game day section. In addition to covering football, I've covered a lot of different sports uh, at Northwestern, men's basketball, uh, baseball, fencing, uh, volleyball. And sort of where I'm coming from is from that pure journalist perspective. You know, I'm in all the press conferences. I'm in the press box during games. You know, I talk to the, the players from more of the journalistic side. And sort of my perspective will be as not only just a journalist, but also a student and how the student perspective on the team is, especially in this interesting time for Northwestern football. Interesting is right. <laughs> and we can, you know, talk about interesting this Iowa game this past Saturday, you know, homecoming weekend and just an absolute rough showing for the Wildcats. Jeremy, what sort of your initial thoughts after a, a 20 to nothing defeat to Iowa? It was tough to watch. I think um, I come from the offensive side of the ball, so the, just the lack of explosive plays um, as as an offensive from when I was playing was the highlight of our of our offense was the big plays. It was it was moving the ball. It was scoring a lot of points. Um, whereas now that that shift of Northwestern is we've we've been predominantly a defensive team recently. Um, so just not seeing the explosive plays on offense is, is kind of, um, it's lackluster and, it, and it, it's kind of tough to watch with the, how predictable we've, we've become on offense. And a lot, a lot of that has to do with injuries. I think, um, 
you know, l- losing Ben Skoranek and JJ Jefferson, I think, I think definitely hurt us uh, on the explosive plays as, as we expect a lot from those players nowadays. Um, but I think, I think more or less, I think that's, that's been the toughest part of our, of watching um, Northwestern this year. Definitely. I totally agree with that. I mean, you mentioned JJ Jefferson. He had the big against the UNLV game. He had the big 50 yard reception touchdown uh, from, from Hunter Johnson that game that really in my mind has been sort of the one big play I can, I can really remember from this entire season. I mean, Skaronic last year had the big touchdown against Iowa. I mean, those are sort of your two big playmaking receivers. And Jeremy, I'm wondering when you have sort of your two main guys for making plays on the outside out, how can some of the other receivers step up in, in a situation? It's got to come within. I think I think it's got to be a want to from from somebody on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's Drake Anderson, if it's if it's Bowser, it's got to come in from from somebody to step up and want want to take on that role. They want to they want to they want the ball in their hands. And I think um, once you find that that player, you got to you got to take advantage of it. You got to use them in different ways. You got to get find ways to get your playmakers the ball. And I think uh, you know right now we're just we're just predictable. First down, we run the ball, and then um, you know we get behind the chains, and then it, it, it's tough. We have no continuity in our offense right now, and it's 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 frustrating to watch. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the, the predictability. That's been a you know something that a lot of detractors of the offense have been saying for the last two years. What are some things you think the offense can do to sort of become less predictable? Well, with our record right now, I, I think you gotta you gotta look deep in the playbook. There's uh. There can't be any holding back anymore. I think you got to do some trick plays. You got to get get some confidence going in the guys because right now there's there's just zero confidence on offense. I mean, if you look at our ranks overall, I think we're we're second to last in the in the country uh, behind Old Dominion in offense. So really, right now there's there there's nothing holding us back. So I don't I don't know what we can do, but there, there's got to be a, a big play, a big moment that gets that momentum rolling again on offense. Mm. And I mean, just looking at the Iowa game, I mean, Aiden, Aiden Smith, you know, played the whole game at QB. I mean, he was 18 of 32 for 138 yards. I mean, for me, that sort of says the whole story, what its offense has been. I mean, yes, 18 completions, but only for 138 yards. I mean, per, that's way under 10 yards per attempt. And it, it just feels like they're not, as you mentioned, not opening the playbook, not even for sort of, sort of trick plays and stuff like that. It's just like, they feel like they never throw the ball far downfield. And the only times they're getting big, big receptions for 15 to 20 yards are sort of slants across the middle where a guy like Riley Lees or Berkeley Holman or RCB, where they break a tackle and sort of get an extra couple yards. It just feels like the defense, whether it's Iowa, whether it's Indiana this week, whether it's Ohio State going back, where the safeties can play up because they know there's going to be one, only one or two deep balls thrown a game. And I feel like that's really limiting the potential of this offense to sort of break out. A hundred percent agree with you. And I think that's, that's what we're missing that JJ Jefferson, that Ben Skoranek, that's going to stretch that defense. You know, right now you could see they're stacking the box. They know, they know we're, we're depending upon the run game to get something going. Uh, Cause offensively through the air, uh, we, we just aren't getting it done. Um, and, and I think, you know, injuries hurt, um, but you know, I think players need to step up and make some plays. Mm. Looking at sort of the defensive side of the ball for this game, I mean, the defense, like it has all season, has been playing really well. I mean, they're 11th in the nation in total defense. I mean, against Iowa, they hold they held Nate Stanley, you know, a high-quality Big Ten quarterback, to 12 of 26. 
He did have 179 yards, but I mean, only one TV, TD. I mean, on the rushing attack, you know, four day, Iowa had 40 attempts and they only gave up 149 yards. I mean, this defense, like they have all season, played a really good game. It just feels like at a certain point, and this, in this Iowa game, Fitz talked about it in the presser afterwards, that after that first touchdown, the energy level dropped and sort of the defense sort of started to, you know, put their heads down. And I'm just curious, when something like that happens where you know your offense is struggling, how can a defense keep up its mojo and keep its, its head high and keep wanting to go when it feels like seven points for other teams, for us, a deficit is 15, 20? It's tough. It's it's not easy. Um, I think you know as a defense overall, like you said, they're they're playing lights out. It's it's they're they're literally keeping this 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 team rolling, and um, for them to um, you know have have a little bit momentum or something going for the offense, I think maybe creating turnover stuff. Um, you know, we haven't really had a ton of interceptions, ton of fumble recovery stuff like that. That's that's going to spark that offense and get get the whole team excited. You know. Um, I know I, you know, it's great that we get a three and out and a punt, but if, you know, we can create a, a turnover here and there, that's just going to give us a great field position. That's going to put our offense in a great position where they can capitalize without driving the entire field. I think, um, it, you know, that that's something that I think we need. Um, you know, other than that, our defense, you, you can't argue with them. They've, they've been, they've been playing their asses, or excuse my language. They've been playing their butts off. Um, and, and that's just, you can't take that away from them. Yeah, you mentioned the turnovers there. That's been, you know, Coach Fitz's one main sort of fault for the defense so far this year is that lack of turnovers. I mean, they have – I can't tell you the last time I've had a turnover. Didn't have one against Iowa. Didn't have one against Ohio State. And Joe Gaziano this week at the press conference, he was talking about how this sort of – they've been working on it. It's just like the execution in games isn't happening. And I do think sort of the turnovers – that. I feel like they have to come at some point. I mean, Coach Fitz this week said, you know, with those when it rains, it pours. And I think if they can just get one, it'll sort of take that sort of load off their back a little bit where they can feel like, all right, now we give the offense a short field. Absolutely. And I think, honestly, I thought last week it was going to start coming uh, with the with the crappy weather and everything like that. So you got to give props to Iowa for hanging on to the ball, um, you know, not not creating a turnover in, in a, you know, a wet, cold weather um, in Evanston. So I think, um, you know, hats off to them. Um, and, and like, like he fits said, you know, we do, they do practice, they practice that on it and every rep and every play is stripping the ball and, and, um, you know, punching the ball out. I know from practice, it's, it's, it's definitely something that happens nonstop. I think it's just, um, you know, it, it'll happen with time. And, and it just, unfortunately, it just hasn't happened yet for the defense. And just one more thing I sort of want to go over from this Iowa game is just sort of, from, you know, sitting in the press box, there was, especially for homecoming, there was not a lot of people at the game to start. The student section wasn't very full. And for me, it felt like that sort of went on to the players and they sort of felt that lack of energy and they might not have come out as sharp as they would have liked. I'm, curi- I'm curious, Jeremy, did you sort of see that uh, watching the game on TV? Yeah, absolutely. I, and, and, you know, Playing there and, and knowing that we don't have the biggest fan base, when we could uh, on homecoming, we know we're going to have a big crowd. It, it kind of steps up your game, especially with with all the old players coming back to watch you. You 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 want to elevate your game to another level and get that win for them and and make that weekend special. Um, but you could definitely see that that there was a uh, very 
um, you know, lack of, of student section there. And, and I mean, that, that just happens when you're not winning games. You win games, people will show up. That's that's without a doubt. I think that that showed up last year uh, when, when the crowds were unreal. So I think um, you just you just need to step up your game and win some games and then and then the people will come. You know, they built you build it. They will come, you know, as it was once said. <laughs> that's true. That is totally true. And, you know, hopefully they got three games. Home games left this year after away at Indiana. You got Purdue family weekend. You got the UMass game, which which will be an interesting time to say the least. And then, I mean, if Minnesota comes in undefeated, maybe you get a lot of, of fans to show up. But I feel like, especially with UMass in the middle, it could be a couple more small crowds for Northwestern at Ryan Field this year. And I think that again, if if you win a big game here um, on Saturday night at Indiana, you know that that puts you puts you a little a little bit more confidence in your team, a little bit more confidence in your players to come out and get a win at Purdue. And I think people will come out to Purdue and and, and want to see them win. Before we, you mentioned Indiana there. Before we moved to Indiana, we just wanted to talk a little bit about the NCAA yesterday announcing it's going to try to bring enact change to get players to profit you know off their likeness uh, off their image which is a very big step the proposal or you know passed in california already was going to a lot of different states the ncaa announced yesterday did not firmly state it would do anything but it's trying to find a way to do it and jeremy i know you have you have a lot of thoughts on this so i'll just let you go away and sort of give everybody what you think about this Absolutely. I think I think it varies per university, obviously. Um, at, at Northwestern, education's first. So, I mean, you're, you're a student athlete. So I know a lot of time, especially when I was there, you, you, there's a lot of time that goes into schoolwork. So you got a full, a full workload at school plus a full work at football. It, it, I think it's going to be hard for, for students at Northwestern to take advantage fully of, uh, you know, some of these, you know, bigger institutions that you know, maybe they're they're going there to get to the NFL right away. Whereas, you know, obviously you can do that at Northwestern, but you North Northwestern's an education forward university, so I feel like it possibly can be a distraction. Um, you know, for for student athletes if if they're look going out and trying to make money off their likeness, which by all means they sh- they should have that ability, but it's just how how the time is going to work with a full workload at school, a full workload. Um, with football and then and then you have this student athlete going out there and trying to make some money with however the NCA is going to do this if it's just through the NCA video games if it's through signings jersey sales it's just it's it's going to be weird and, and interesting how the NCA goes about doing this without making it um, kind of like a circus show yeah I mean that's a great point I mean I've you said there you know I think this is a great step for college athletics I think a lot of players will be able to benefit from this if they go along the route and say, you know, you can use your image, you can use your likeness. But I think you raised some really interesting points there, you know, as, as a, not an athlete, I really wouldn't think about. And especially at a place like Northwestern, I mean, ac- academics are rig- rigorous. The quarter system as well. You know, Absolutely. It's a lot that's, a whole other, that's a whole other animal with the quarter system. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned sort of like, for those of you who don't know, the Northwestern is on the quarter system. So instead of 15-week semesters, it's 10-week sort of quarters. As Think of it more as trimesters for most most students who not use the summer quarter. But it's 10 weeks. It's a lot more quicker. Midterms start around week three, week four, and go to week eight or week nine. 
So, I mean, you know, you mentioned sort of having to deal with this, that aspect. I didn't even, that's sort of popped in my head, like the quarter system as well. You know, you might only have with midterms, you know, especially during the fall with, with the, you know, prep, you're not going to have many opportunities to do sort of those type of things. Uh, absolutely. To, and with, with a fan base, not as big as, as say, Ohio State or Michigan, where, where, you know, the players can take full advantage of it, um, where they could have like a system set up for them in place. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting how it works. I, um, how, how the NCAA is going to regulate that. I, honestly, I think it's great that the players have an opportunity to make some, some money. Um, I, re- I remember those stipends when I was there and, uh, they were, they were not as, uh, not as luxury as you luxury as you think there with the, uh, the ramen noodles and the, uh, you know, having less than $10 in your bank account by the end of the month. So, um, it's, 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 I think it's going to be it's great, but it's gonna it's gotta work, and the NCA has got a lot on their hands, I'm sure, uh, to figure this out so it benefits everybody correctly. Yeah, and you know that's a great point about benefiting everybody. And that was you know earlier last month when SB 206 was passed in California. You know, I asked I asked Fitz, you know, what what are your, what are your thoughts? And you know, he said he didn't really know much about it. You know, with all the football prep he'd been doing. But that was the one main point he stressed that, you know, no matter what it is, he thinks it shouldn't just be for football. It shouldn't just be for men's basketball, women's basketball. It's got to be for every sport. And, you know, I, I totally agree with that. There are plenty of athletes, especially at Northwestern. I mean, you look at the lacrosse team, look at the field hockey team, look at the fencing team. There are softball team. There are so many programs here where our athletes are doing a great job, putting in a lot of work. And they, you know, should be able to have the same opportunities that football and men's basketball players, women's basketball players should have. Now, would they make as much probably as, say, you know, a star quarterback? No. But, I mean, they should be able to make, have an opportunity to make just as much or get just as many opportunities as every other athlete on, on campus. I couldn't agree with you more. I think if they're, NCAA is going to do this, they got to do it right, and it's got to benefit benefit everybody. Um you know, obviously, the, the money makers for schools are our basketball and football, but it's all twenty some teams that that make the university's you know athletic department. It's it's not one or two. Definitely, definitely. I think hope as as I, I think we both agree. Hopefully, we get some good progress on this. We are. I mean, we already have in the last few months. Hopefully, it keeps going, and you know, in the next few years, there'll be a lot of you know new good changes that will help not just you know the college athletes but just make college athletics as a whole a much a much better place and now we can now move on big game this weekend i mean india at indiana you know last few years you wouldn't really think of this game as as a big one but indiana is coming in and they are coming in on a roll and they are you know this is their best team and you know in my in recent memory for me uh, it, ab- absolutely i mean you'd have to go back to you know the randall l era or or you know before that uh, with uh with mike dawson stuff when we were there the passing attack i mean they're six and two and third in the big ten big ten east they're they're cruising right now mm-hmm. you mentioned six and two. First time they've been bowl eligible in october since 1993 i mean this team they came off a huge Huge win against Nebraska last week at Nebraska. I mean, Jeremy, Nebraska, not an easy place to play. 
a fun place to play, but not an easy place. How big of a win is is this for Indiana? I think this is a, a huge staple in their program. I think this win's gonna gonna hold out for a long time. Um, they've, I mean, you, you can't you can't take that away from them. going into Lincoln, Nebraska, playing in front of ninety thousand screaming fans is it, tough. Um, and and Nebraska's a good team. They're a good football team. They're coached well by Coach Frost. So. You, you know it was a battle and and they came you know they came out with a big 38 31 victory and it was it was huge for them huge for that program I mean when Northwestern was at Nebraska earlier that year you know I was on the field for the end of that I mean that's a loud place that's just that's just a great place to play and I, I feel like anytime you get a win there I won the real cathedrals of college football especially for such a monumental win to get bowl eligible I feel like they're gonna be they're gonna be coming in feeling really good about themselves you know, feeling confident, really wanting to sort of continue to make that statement, especially against, I mean, North, we, Northwestern might be struggling this year, but they're still coming off, you know, a Big Ten championship appearance. This is still a big win for the program. Another thing to say, hey, you know, we're not, we're still, we're here to stay. Oh, absolutely. And they're coming off three straight wins, you know, and, and they're playing at night at home. I mean, this is, this is, I, I believe it's their homecoming. Uh, I think this is, this is something that, is going to either, you know, elevate them for the rest of the season um, when they, you know, because right after Northwestern, they got Penn State, Michigan, Purdue. So they got they got two big ones. So this is either going to keep them rolling into some confidence for Penn State, which could be dangerous for them. But it, it's it's definitely big time for them. A 7 p.m. kickoff game against a Big Ten opponent. You, I mean, you can't get any better than that. That's true. It's going to be hopefully for, for both teams. I mean, I think Northwestern would is going to benefit from playing a game where it's going to be an electric crowd, especially, you know, Ohio State was a little bit electric. But, I mean, once they started scoring, it's just the crowd sort of died off. Students left. And then Iowa, we mentioned before, a light crowd. So it's really been about a month since they've played, you know, in front of a packed, engaged house. And I think if that's Indiana, that can sort of give the team a boost, not only on offense, just on defense, where if the times get tough, they'll be able to sort of bounce back quicker and sort of, be more in the flow of the game. Yeah, and historically, I think Northwestern as a whole, I think we've played better on the road. Um, you know, our, our big wins have always come at, at tough environments at Nebraska, at Iowa, uh, you know, at Michigan. It's it's always been been like that. So I think um, you know, going into a, a hostile, you know, Bloomington um, stadium at night is going to be awesome for us. And you know, normally when we go to Bloomington, it's it's not really a big game. There's not really a great crowd. It's a it's a noon kickoff. It's you know. It's it's normally cold and and crappy out, so it's uh, it's it's going to be great for us. I I hope we step up and and we bring it. Why do you think Northwestern has historically always, you know, had their big wins done well on the road? Honestly, I think I think it's Coach Fitz and and how we how we prepare and how we prep and and just how close knit we are as a as a as a team. It's 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 literally a family, and and you could you could say that as as you want, but it's is as close knit of a group of people as you will ever see on the planet. Um, how, how Fitz brings everybody together for the common good and, and you get it in a hostile environment, you know, you got the brother to the left and to the right of you, I think is, is what makes Northwestern special. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, that's why we thrive in in a way games. And that's why we've historically always been good on the road. And now, you know, sort of looking at this game, we talked a little bit about earlier what the offense needs to do. Are there any, specific things you want to see from the offense 
I think someone has to step up um, with Ben and JJ out again. Um, someone on the offense is going to have to step up and make a big play and, and be the guy that wants the ball on third down and, and kind of have an attitude about him. We got to come out and, ha- and have an attitude. We haven't, we've been kind of just out there, you know, and, and we need something to, to just to spark us. We need, whether that's, you know, a trick play, a fake punt, something that's going to get, get that energy up. Like I said, is, is what I need to see for us to just have any success offensively. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with that. I think it just, there needs to be that spark. And I would also like to see, I mean, from the running game, Isaiah Bowser, he said he's not, you know, fully 100% back, but as he keeps working himself back to, you know, full as full strength as you can get during a season, I'd like to see him, you know, maybe break a few more runs, you know, maybe get, you know, a first, a big first down run, you know, maybe a 10-yard, 12-yard, just something that can help out, you know, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, just sort of, Open it up a little. Yeah, bit. just we mentioned build that earlier. confidence. That's it. I mean, one big play is just gonna, you know, it's gonna get everyone going. It's gonna build that confidence as an offense, you know. And um, you know, we definitely are lacking confidence. That's for sure. How, how do you think the offense can get confidence back? Well, like we've said, it's 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 getting those plays. It, it's building a drive. You know, it's it's continuing to get first downs after first downs, and it, it's it's somebody on the offense stepping up and wanting the ball. And right now, it, it just doesn't look like we have that. Um, you know, it was last year, it was Flynn Nagel stepping up on third downs, wanting the ball, demanding the ball. Same with Ben. And, you know, without Ben and JJ, those kind of are our veterans um, uh, in the passing game. And um, historically being a, a passing team, um, you know, it, we, we really just are, 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 are minus a few weapons that we kind of need and, and leadership. And uh, so we just need, we need a young guy to step up and, and be that player. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, there's some guys I would love to see step up. I think Riley Lee's, you know, in the slot, he's, he's had a couple drops the last few games that have really frustrated him. I think he's primed for a breakout. I think freshman Malik Washington, who has, you know, had cups of coffee here and there. I know the, uh, the staff was in love with what he was doing in the off season and fall in fall workouts. I think, you know, give him a couple more reps. He can make some big plays. It'd be interesting to see, you know, they've kept their two big wide receiver recruits, Jensen Hooper-Price and Brian Kurtz. Neither, neither, Bryce Kurtz, neither of them have played so far this year. So you can maybe play one of them this game, try to get a big threat in the outside. Both of them are extremely talented, you know, big receivers, guys who can play, you know, that Ben Skoranek, J.J. Jefferson role, and maybe get them a few reps, see if they can make a big play while still keeping – you know, a redshirt year for them with the new with the new four. Absolutely, rule. I think that's. I mean, that's something that we we definitely should look into. Uh, I think they're also trying to get a little creative with McGowan. Um, he he's 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 a guy that has big play, te- uh, you know, capabilities. Um, so they're getting creative with him in, in the running game, um, in the passing game. I think um, you know we just we just uh, like we just need to spark, man. Once we get that, once we get a little confidence rolling, we we can roll, man. We can roll with the best of them. I think we proved that last year and in the years past. It's just it's right now there's just no continuity uh, and no really trust or belief in in us being successful and I think we just need some people to step up. Mm-hmm. I I agree. And you know, for a defense side of the ball, Indiana is an interesting quarterback situation. Where our starter Mike Penix has dealt with some injuries, and so he hasn't been playing. 
uh, consistently. You know, he's out the last couple games. So they've had last year's starter, Peyton Ramsey, who had lost a job to Penix earlier this year. He's looked really, really good in, in his couple of games. You know, uh, Coach Allen at Indiana said, you know, it's still Penix's job. But not sure if he'll play this weekend. What should the defense do to sort of, as they've done all year, should just continue to do what they've been doing, try to keep in the game? We know they got to go for turnovers. What, what do you want to see from the defense? They got to they got to keep playing with confidence and, and, and not get discouraged by our, our offensive um, you know struggles and, and just keep playing their game. I mean, um, they, I mean, we got a real tough test with, with either Penix or Ramsey. They're they're both extremely skilled and been playing lights out. And um, I think that that proves with with their stats and their wins. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a tough one. Um, they got some. You know, I know I know. Um, their running game is not, you know, the greatest, but they're, you know, they're still moving the ball on everybody they've played. And I think it's going to be a, a, a tough test for us uh, defensively, just to, just as well as offense. Yeah. And I think you mentioned, I think you mentioned a, a great point there and that I just don't want to see the defense get discouraged because if they get discouraged, I just think it's going to sort of perve- uh, permeate throughout the whole team. And I mean, I mean, they get down 10, 14 points. It's just, they can, you know, be frustrated. They have plenty of right to be frustrated. They can be angry. It's just the heads down. If you, if that happens, I feel like there's no coming back. Not even maybe for his game, but just for the season. Yeah, you got to look at your leaders. You got Patty Fisher and, and Gaziano and, and guys that have been there before and played in big games. And, um, you know, they're the ones that are going to have to to step up and keep that defense rolling. You know, J.R. Pace, I mean, there's some other ones. They, they're they they're the leaders um, on, you know, the, the front the front seven and the, and the secondary that are going to have to keep, keep this unit together and keep them rolling um, because good things will happen. I, I totally agree. I mean, that defense, I mean, you mentioned Gods, Patty, J.R. They have a lot of really great leaders. And I think, and if Trey Williams, you know, I think if Trey Williams, who played, you know, some last week at a cup of coffee against Ohio State, I think if he's fully back, ready to go on Saturday, Saturday that can just be a big boost just by having one of your senior leaders ready to play all three downs instead of where he's been, you know, about 50%, 60%, you know, in snaps the previous no, week. No, I 100% agree with you. I think uh, that, that would be a huge boost for us. Um, anytime you can get a good, great senior leader out there on the field that's going to be playing, it's, it's, it's just going to bring everybody up. Mm-hmm. Uh. Go back, going back to the offense side of all, just just for a second here. Uh, Aiden Smith has started the last three games from Northwestern, and there's sort of been a lot of discussion among among fans about where Hunter's been. We know he had the injury. Well, it came out. It came out. Record, recording this on a Wednesday. It came out Tuesday that from uh, Teddy Greenstein of the Chicago Tribune wrote a story about Hunter Johnson has been dealing with with some family stuff. You know, we wish Hunter the best. You know, his mother. His mother has been going diagnosed with breast cancer, went through chemo and a mastectomy less than two weeks ago. So we, we wish Hunter the best, you know, never want to see this happen to anybody. Um, we just, it's just an interesting situation where, you know, you've got to feel bad for Hunter, especially, I mean, that's a tough situation. Absolutely. To and, like, and like Peter said, I mean, Hunter, we, we wish you and your family the best. It's a, it's, it's a terrible situation and uh, we wish that upon nobody. Um, but it's, it's, it's obviously you, you got to, to play in the Big Ten, you got to have your, your head 100% there. And, and I, I just want to give a hats off to, to Fitz for how he's handled this entire situation. Um, you know, he's, he's put all the, the pressure and, and the blame from the media on himself. And um, 
and, and allowed Hunter to, to go upon, you know, taking care of what's most important and that's family. And I, I think that's just, that just kind of shows the the character and, and the person that, that coach Fitz is. And, you know, I mean, that's, and he would do that for any single person on that team too, not just, not just Hunter. And, and, um, I, I just, you know, would like to acknowledge how, how that was handled by, by coach Fitz. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned that's a, that's a tough situation, you know, for, for Fitz to be in, you know, your five, you know, your five-star quarterback transfer from Clemson, you know, at all the conversation, the preseasons around him, the conversation, you know, was destined to be around him. And, you know, just, that's a sad situation like that. There was no, there was going to be no easy way to handle it. No perfect way to handle it. But I think you said it right. He had, he put the stuff, all of it on him for the interest you know, best interest of his players. And I, and I agree with you. I think he would do that for, you know, anybody, whether it's, you know, your starting QB or your, your third string, you know, <laughs> exactly. long snapper. No, and that, that's just, that's just, <laughs> um, like I said before, that's the, that's the family environment that, that Fitz has created um, within that locker room, you know, and, and uh, he, he puts it all out there for his players, man. He would do anyone, anything for every single one of them, um, you know, past or present. And that's just, uh, that's just who he is as a man. Yeah, and also I think it just serves as a great reminder for us who aren't in the locker room, especially those who never played, that there's always stuff that, you know, fans, even, you know, media, you know, even sometimes coaches. I mean, in the story, you know, Hunter said, you know, him and Fitz did have had a, had a talk-to-talk, you know, a little heart-to-heart, one-on-one. That sort of, like, really cleared the air. And it's sort of there's always stuff that you never really know what the full story, the, the full picture. And sometimes you never do. I mean, and just you, I feel like, especially in college athletics, where we talked about this earlier with the NCAA stuff, there's classes, there's all this stuff going on that, you know, this isn't the pros where you're getting paid and it's your job. You know, this this is, you're a student athlete and you're a growing kid and you're developing and there's always going to be stuff that affects you and you can't expect somebody to be perfect and you can't expect everybody to handle stuff the same way. And I, you know, I give, I give props to Hunter for, you know, being open with Teddy and sort of talking about it and being available and sort of not letting it and sort of being just a good person all of it and trying, you know, to be like, I'm doing my best, but it's a situation. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, you got to give, you know, take your hats off to Hunter as well uh, on how he's handled the situation. It can't be tough. And, you know, I think, I think Northwestern fans are just happy to have him back. And uh, whether he plays this weekend or not, I think, um, you know, we're, we're just uh, we're glad the air is clear. Um, there's no more speculation. And, and then we could we could all move forward together and, and wish, you know, him and his family the best. And, um, you know, I think um, I think, yeah, it's just it's just now it's just great to have have him focus back on on football and, and have him back. Yeah, definitely. And now, you know, you mentioned looking forward, you know, Indy, going back a little bit to Indiana. You know, what are, who's your X factor for this weekend? Or what I is think your my X factor? factor is going to be turnovers. I, I think we, we can't have any and we have to, we have to create some um, in order for us to get this win. I think it's going to be a, uh, I think it's going to be a low scoring battle, even though Indiana's moved the ball on, on basically everybody. I think our defense is going to come ready to play. Uh, I think Fitz will have them ready to play. And, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. If it is a shootout, we're in trouble. So, 
I think it's going to come down to turnovers, us turning the ball over and then just not, um, you know, not allowing them to create any turnovers um, on us. So I think it's going to be a low scoring game. And I, I got my prediction. I think it's going to be a 14, 10 cats. I think that's, that's going to be my prediction for this week. I think they're going to come ready to play in, in, in the lights in Bloomington and, and come out with a huge win for our program. I mean, that, that's, I think that's a great, you know, great point with the X factor. Uh, for mine, I think I'm going to go with first quarter offensive production. You're gonna you're gonna lay it on the offense, huh? I like it. The, you know, the first quarter in every single game, even you on the V. I mean, just the the thing for me is if they come out and not even score on their first possession, but just just move the ball, get across half, you know, get across midfield, just get get to the forty, get to the, the thirty five, just something where they can be like, all right, we have a starting point instead of another three and out or you know an interception on the third on the third play to drive. Just something where it feels like the offense can move forward in a positive way. Where Just get a, little, like, get a little confidence rolling. Exactly. And I think that would be the big thing that will just see the offense going. For my prediction, I'm usually a pretty optimistic guy. I think Indiana wins this one. I think, you know, first November game, Memorial Stadium ever. You mentioned homecoming, coming off a big win. I don't think they're going to slip up. Give me, I think it will be close, low scoring. Give me Indiana 17 to 9. I like that we both have that much confidence in our defense. And I think that just that that attests to how well they are actually playing um, this year. I think uh, holding Indiana to under 20 is going to be a test, but, you know, I, I honestly think we can do it. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. This, the defense, I mean, this has been one of the best defensive performances. I say in the history of Northwestern football, and it's just sort of it's sad to see that the offense hasn't just given them just a little bit. So like when we, because when we think back on the season, at least if the season ended today, and we look back on it, it would it it would it would suck because we would talk a lot more about the offense uh, lack of production instead of the greatness of the defense, which I think in you know college sports, not not everybody wins a national championship, not everybody wins a bowl game. But sometimes it should just be about the great memories. And it sucks because the defense hasn't had a couple of memories to sort of back up their, their great season. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. And uh, I think that just uh, it's a test for our offense this week, man. We got we to gotta bring something. Bring something to the table for them. Yeah. Well, either way, it's going to be a really exciting one. You mentioned 7 o'clock Eastern. It's on FS1. Or it's on FS1, yep. So... For those who are going to watch, that's where you go, 7 o'clock Eastern. It's going to be a great one. Uh, we thank you all for listening to the first episode here of the Believe in Northwestern Football podcast. Uh, for those who want to follow us online, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Peter Warren. Uh, that's that'll be where I do most of my uh, content promotion. If you want to, you know. Read my stories for a daily, you know, listen to the podcast, get updates and all that. That's where you can you can check out all my stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, J Ebes at 11 or at J Ebes 11 on Twitter. I will be uh, posting a lot more uh, with Northwestern football on there. I've been, uh, I would say, uh, I've disappeared for about a year just trying to keep my thoughts to myself. But I'm glad we have this this platform now to uh, 
to share our thoughts and feelings. And we promise this will this will get better as we go. This is our our first run, and we're going to keep building on this and, and keep getting better um, to hopefully have something here that's that's pretty special. Totally agree. You know, we're gonna for us just like Northwestern is going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying to get better. We're going to keep working at this. We're going to have some, you know, new, we're going to have some segments soon. We're going to have some guests soon. We're going to try to make this the go-to place for you to get your Northwestern content. We want to, we want you guys to be excited as, as excited as we are every week to listen to this as we are to record it. So we just want to, again, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you come back. We hope you, we hope for some good Northwestern luck this weekend. Uh, for, for Jeremy Ebert, I'm Peter Warren. Have, have a great week. And go Cats. Go Cats, baby. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.